You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time, as always, for Shapiro World. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg, and we have a good old chinwag every single Monday. And today, David, it's a quiet one, and, and I'll give a backdrop to this. First of all, I think there might be a few British people that may not have drifted into work today after the <laughs> after the four-day weekend because of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. It's just a mere speculation. I can't verify that. But the other thing is the Pentecost celebrations in certain European countries would have all also uh, withdrawn liquidity from the from the market so yeah, that and uh, the fact that mm. it's uh, you know the coming towards the end of the first week of june in the northern hemisphere i think it's going it must have been a quiet one was that uh, has that been verified by jse activity yeah we i'm i'm still interested we're below 10 billion as we talk yeah. there's still another hours trading and generally in the last uh, few minutes uh, a lot of the funds um, you know, you get you get balancing of funds, and and you get about a third of the volume goes through right at the end. But it it, it has Lindsay for the last couple of days while the UK was on holiday, uh, volumes here were really bad. But I've got to add another thing. Yes. There's nothing to get us into this market. There's absolutely no incentive to buy this market, and I think even from a selling point of view, I think most of the market has sold those who wanted to get out have sold. So you're finding it kind of drifting. And uh, today, for example, because of the China story, more news of them opening up, uh, UK, uh, US markets are also firmer for whatever reason. I can't find a strong you know, reason for them to bounce. I don't know what's come out there that has got the, the market steady, and especially after the news that we've got last week. But what it, whatever the reason is, there's no there's no interest in this market. There's nothing to get your teeth into to get excited about as well. We keep getting streams and streams of bad news. And, uh, you know, even lying here, sitting here yesterday watching the tennis, watching the Jubilee and that, you know, in between that I would read The Economist and Financial Times and going on to Bloomberg's, I, I get the newsletters. Everything is just bearish. You know, there's not... There's nothing there other than negative news about how everybody feels. But it works so, both ways, David. It works both mm. ways. If there's a bull market, it, it needs constantly to be fed. Yes. It goes from, for example, uh, 80 mm. to 100. I'm just using uh, mm. numbers and you, and you think, okay, this is great. We're in a bull market now. But unless you feed it, unless you give it what it wants, give it what it craves, then mm. it starts to get a little bit bored. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a corporate story mm. or an economic story. And the same mm. with the bear market. You've got to come up with something really, really new now to mm. get this thing mm. down. We know interest rates yeah. are going up. We know inflation is rising. We know that crude oil is horrifically high. We know that household expenses are higher than they've been in a, a couple of decades at least. But what's the next thing that makes you yeah. want to sell? There's no, re no reason, to, in my opinion, to sell at the moment although that would be my preference. But there's also there's certainly no. no reason to buy. No, no reason to buy. And I think one of the one factor that is holding buyers back is that you're now coming out with uh, strategists. I don't know what to term them anymore. Economists, uh, analysts, uh, and so on, who say, well, uh, even though corporate earnings are looking good historically and the guidance is better, wait until the Fed starts uh, raising aggressively, earnings will come down. Therefore, 
we expect uh, the markets to, you know, just grind along now. But when the next earnings uh, set of earnings come through, it will give it another knock. So you say, okay, I'll hold back. I'm not going to do anything. Let me watch. Friday's number, we're expecting another bad inflation reading. Whoever's, you know, it could be 8.1, 8.2, 8.3. I'm not quite sure. So against that backdrop, there's no reason to commit fresh money to this market at all. On the other hand, uh, I suppose if you're not out, I don't know what's going to get you out. You know, most of those people who wanted to sell, I think, have already taken action. And if they didn't, uh, if they've been bearish and they haven't taken action, now, I'm not quite sure what the next move is. But I think every bear is trying to – or every uh, uh, house, mm. investment house, is trying to outbear uh, the next one. You know, everyone's coming out with similar kind of stories with a different angle. So um, – and, and corporate leaders as well from 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 – Tesla from uh, Elon Musk, you know, we had Jamie Diamond, you've got, uh, who else is there, from Lloyd Blankfein, the, the new president of the Goldman Sachs. I'm trying to think some of the articles I read, who else have I missed? Oh, BlackRock, yes. you know, uh, inflation's going to be with us a long time. So eventually you're so worn out and beaten up, you just say, well, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I'll just, I'll just keep reading and see what happens and wait for things to change. So. It's it's very difficult to get um, you know anything going in this market. Okay, well let's just we'll talk about the the market a little bit more, yeah. but just an, as an interlude here before we get onto three companies, notably Alexander Forbes, Multi Choice, and Hulumin. We'll talk about those in a moment. Something just come up on my screen. I don't know if you saw this. Have you ever flown Ryanair when you've when you've been in Europe? I I saw this article. No, I haven't. Michael O'Leary is a reprehensible character, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going on a cattle yeah. truck. I've never been on on a Ryanair flight because I've heard so many bad things about them. Yeah. Uh, EasyJet, yeah, maybe I would. But did you see that thing about having to yeah. take a test? Uh, I know it, it is absolutely insane. And one one of the reasons is that um, these are people who are catching Ryanair, catching the aircraft from a flight from Europe, somewhere in Europe, yeah. back to the UK. And the problem is that, uh, and this is not uncommon, that a lot of the passports, uh, if it's a South African passport, there's a big fear that it's been stolen or uh, it's it's not a, what, what do you call it? It's, it's a fake passport. Yeah. And therefore, you're gaining entry into the UK for whatever reason. But you need a visa for the UK. Lindsay, you know, I, I, that's, that's, that's what bothers me. I mean, I can't just get on a flight today without no. a visa. No. So I'm not quite sure what the backdrop to that is. These people might have visas, but they wouldn't have been issued visas without the proper checks. So um, it, it's, it's all very peculiar. Maybe these people are on uh, a visa. You know, they do have those visas, two-year visas, but, but then uh, – you know, there again, it's it's. I'm I'm not quite sure. So the worry is that people are using uh, fake passports to get in the UK. So they've given them this Afrikaans test. Yeah, this is I what this says. Let me just, let me just paint the, paint the picture here. This was a Reuters article that I'm reading, but I'm sure it's been covered on many other uh, news platforms. It says here Ryanair is requiring South African passengers to prove their nationality before travelling by completing a test in Afrikaans, a language used yeah. by just 12% of the population <laughs> that has long been identified with apartheid and the white minority. Europe's largest airline 
airline by passenger numbers and worst airline by every other measure, which doesn't, it doesn't say that, that's me, which does not operate flights to and from South Africa, said it required any UK-bound passengers from the country to fill in the simple questionnaire due to what it described as a high prevalence of fraudulent South African passports. What if you're a black South African or a white South African that doesn't know Afrikaans? I mean, this is the obvious question. Well, I, I, w- I would be in that situation because there's certain words that I would not pick up. I'd probably get through it. I mean, but I looked at some of the, uh, uh, some of the, which is the highest mountain in South Africa? Which is the highest mountain? Somewhere in the Drakensberg, I I would have, I would have. I know you could say that. I know that you could say, which is the highest mountain range. Well, see if I can get any of these answers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, to say, which is the highest mountain? I'm saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Not the Drakensberg. The Drakensberg's, Stretches from, uh, you know, from, from, from Pumalanga, from the eastern part of the country, right? Yeah, but right it's a mountain range, so there must be one It's peak. a range. So I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the highest mountain is. Okay, give me another question. Is. Give me another question. I don't know what other Oh, one. you haven't got it, it in front of you? Table. Okay. No, I haven't got it in front. I just remember seeing that, and okay. and quite honestly, I mean, it's just, just, just an insane and insulting an offensive it's a disgrace uh, michael leary michael o'leary i mean you just got to boycott Uh -uh. this airline i'm sorry thank goodness they don't fly to and from south africa otherwise i'd be in trouble but anyway michael o'leary but most of us you know we haven't i i sure i could get through afrikaans and that but i I couldn't conduct a perfect conversation in afrikaans you know just uh for whatever reason i think that uh you know just to assume that people, that everybody knows Afrikaans. It's just crazy. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's quite the same. Insulting. Okay, uh, Alexander Forbes um, Financial Services Company came out with its results, and after 15 minutes of trading this morning, it was down nearly 5%. David, is this one that you've tracked? Is this one that you prefer not, not really. to? What? Nah. Yeah, I, I, I know they're trying to, you know, what, what's the word... Uh, get this company to where it was a few years ago and that, but I haven't really followed it for, for some time. You know, there's nothing in it that attracts me. You know, you know, when, when we look at financial services, I don't want to go off at a tangent for the reason, but, but there's got to be something that drag that gets you in. I could look at a Capitec, you know, I could look at very closely at something like Capitec because um, it's touched the, the low end of the market and uh, uh, there's growth in it in what they're doing and where they're heading. You know, I could look at some of the fintech companies or like mobile um, companies like uh, MTN or Vodacom in terms of what they're going to offer in financial services. But, uh, you know, the banks, I think we fall back on the banks if we're a bit bored. We don't know what else to buy. We say, oh, safety in banks. And, I, and, and uh, you know, there's not much else. But I haven't really looked at uh, Alexander Forbes. Um, okay, in uh, that case, no, let's, uh, do, you don't mm. need to say any more. Move on to multi-choice. They came out with a trading mm. statement at 10 past two South African time. And um, share price, last time I looked, it was down just over uh, 2%. What's happened to Canal Plus? They, 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 are, uh, well, they've got, are they still yeah, a lurking buyer, do you think? Do you think they're still mm, lurking in I, the shadows? I think they're trying. I think conditions are very difficult for uh, multi-choice. I think competition, I think uh, costs, um, I, it, it's kind of been a disappointment. But I don't, I don't think so. I think the business model has been very difficult. But they aren't, you know, they're facing an enormous amount of pressure from places like Disney Plus, from Netflix. Mm. Even though they do 
go into partnership with them. Eventually, uh, you know, the, the, the partners are going to say, well, we don't really need you. And uh, so unless they get local content is the only way in which they can draw or, or keep their uh, viewers. And that would apply in every country. If they're in Nigeria or any other country, they've got to do local Nigerian um, content and so on. So it's not an easy model, you know. It's not, and uh, I know that they're quite innovative in the in terms of trying to get packages to get people in. We overestimate the the sport, you know, because mm. um, once talking to the CEO, he said to me, he says, you know, Premier League soccer is only played on uh, the weekend. No, well, that's not true, but anyway, yeah. Well, what I'm trying to say is it's it's played for an hour and a half, for example, or two hours, let's say, the game. Yeah. And you've got a few games on Saturday and you've got a few games there. But for the rest of the day, you've got nothing to draw people in. So he was saying it's, 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 it's very difficult to, you know, to rely only on that, even though people will pay quite a lot to have it. Yeah. So it's 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 I don't think it's the money spinner that we think it is, but uh, still I'm glad that they've got it. You know that that they don't let it go. Yeah, I, I remember anyway, when I, when I was in South Africa, it did. I remember when Gary Bailey used to, and um, what was his name? Gary Bailey and um, uh, the other chap Payne. What was his name? Terry Terry, Terry Payne. Payne. Yeah, is he dead now? No, no, I'm sure he's still around. No, he's still still but yeah. anyway, you used to have uh, Payne and Bailey there, and it was great. It, it, it had more live English football games than uh, mm. than mm. British television had, and mm. it was absolutely fantastic. It was it was a complete lifeline for me. Mm. I loved it, but uh, clearly not quite we as still popular. We still, there is, mm. You are never starved mm. of football here, never. You know what I'm saying? Whichever league you like, whether it's Italian, whether it's... Uh, German, whether it's uh, Spanish, whatever it is, oh, and uh, no, you know, and and even on uh, on a Saturday or whenever the league's playing, you, know, you can get virtually every game. So um, one thing there that's and, and and credit to Premier League for pushing it out, mm. you know, for making it available. Okay, it's um, been okay. It's been all right, you know, multi-choice. I don't know. It's um, there's a lot of work there still to be done. A lot of issues. I've got to go through this in greater detail. It's 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 only their trading statement, but uh, one's got to look a little closer at it. Hulamin, mm. uh, withdrawal of yeah. cautionary announcement. What the cautionary was uh, pertaining to, uh, nobody seems to know. Well, a lot of people do know, but they won't tell. Uh, they're too close to it. Uh, share price has fallen 25%. <laughs> That's quite a oh, lot. No. That is. It, it's... Uh... It, it's come down on the, uh, you know, the, the, the termination of this deal. I don't know what the terms of the deal were, but obviously, um, you know, this has been going on for some time, and it makes sense. I mean, this is not a bad business. I, you know, the dynamics keep changing all the time because um, they have to buy they, they, they have to buy the aluminium. They have they then process it and then sell it, and uh, and I think so. So they buy it. In rands, I'm talking in a foreign currency, and they sell it in a foreign currency. So there's always the mismatch, and uh, it's it's been since it was unbundled from Tongard, hmm. uh, it's never quite got the you know attracted the imagination or got the rating that it needed. It's it's been a very difficult business. So Huleman, I we you know at one stage these shares, and I'm looking here on the twentieth of. 
in, in the depths of the pandemic, mm. the shares were trading at 86 cents a share. Okay. And that continued for a good few months. So you were looking at a market cap of about half or about a third of where it is even at these levels. So it was trading in two, three hundred million. And I mean, for that kind of business, the factory, you know, the operation, I mean, it was an absolute giveaway. So it was bound to attract some kind of corporate, uh, not radar, but some corporate activity. Yes. And this it, it did. I think the announcement of, of this pending deal came through um, about six months ago, more, I think in October. And that's yeah, when more. it shot up. Yeah. yeah, that's when it shot up. And then... Uh, it's kind of moved up higher, you know, from then, and it's come all the way back now. So where back is it now? Just give us the context, because you said eighty-six cents bumbling along. Okay. Deal was mooted. Cautionary announcement. Now about three fifty-five. Where is it now? Yeah, it's about three fifty-five. Let me give you the latest price. It's twenty-three sixty-four oh, so from five hundred overnight, four ninety-seven. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter if you if you look back at eighty-six. If you'd gone away for a while, hadn't seen oh, yeah. a newspaper, came mm. back. You'd bought it at 86 and now it's 360 or something. That's still a pretty good return. I don't know. Of course it is. No, no. It was a, it was a giveaway. There were so many businesses there that were being thrown away in 2020, even early 2021. So I've no doubt that down the line someone's going to come and uh, have, a, have a look at this again. Mm. And especially with aluminium, which is uh, – I mean, aluminium products are – you know, tin cans, not tin cans. How's that for a stupid, stupid remark? No, but you know, what, it's, 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 a tin can doesn't mean it's made of tin. We know what you mean. Mm. Yeah, I know. But I mean, you know, aluminium demand has been pretty good. And, uh, you know, for cans, for as, as uh, cons, you know, consumption picks up and people get back and uh, back to their normal lives. But it's it's uh, I don't know it's 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 it appears to be a very very difficult business. Certainly does. Okay, one thing we have we haven't spoken about, which happened on Friday, and I didn't do any interviews on Friday, so I haven't gone through it, and we don't need to go through it. But your reaction to the U.S. jobs number, because I don't know about you, I thought these numbers were really good. The U.S. economy, when it's almost at full employment, created three hundred ninety thousand new jobs. Um, the unemployment rate, 3.6%, and the wages up 5.2% year mm. on year. So you're creating mm. jobs, and people that are in jobs are earning more, mm. but they're not mm. earning as much as inflation. But certainly 5.2% is better than 2.5%, which it was a couple of years ago. Mm. I thought the numbers were great. They're very good. And, and admittedly, the amount of new jobs being created is slowing down, but it's still above expectations. Mm. I think this is where the dilemma is, and I'm, I'm, when you go through all your reading on that, uh, the concern is, is the level of inflation and what will be needed to get the level of inflation down, in other words, knocking demand. And in order to do that, you've got to get people back on the dole, out of jobs, yeah. not into jobs. I mean, I'm trying to put it as crudely as I can, but that's, that's really the thinking. You're saying, hold on a sec. You know, this, uh, the, the, the U.S. economy or Powell did everything in his power to get all those people who were laid off during the pandemic to get back into their jobs. Now you're saying now that you're back in the jobs, we've got to get you out of jobs again because um, we did it too quickly. Inflation is taking over. We've got to stamp down on inflation. So uh, those 11 million people who are out of jobs or whatever the number is, well, we've got to get that uh, 
you know, uh, we've, we've got to get a lot of you, um, you know, back on the street corners or whatever they do in America, back in lines, mm. claiming unemployment. And that, that's an irony. And so there is an underlying strength in the U.S. economy, but uh, everybody's advising that you need at least 4% unemployment now, 36 So you need that even 5% unemployment if you want to get on top of inflation, and you need interest rates uh, a lot higher at uh, – I think I think the numbers four and four that I've been reading four percent unemployment and four percent uh, Fed rate. So okay. we're far from both of those. So one's got to come down, the other one's got to go up. So exactly. it, it, it's very Together, simple. And maybe they'll yeah, yeah, maybe in a couple of years' time they'll both both meet in the middle at three and a half to four percent, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I think it will, but there'll be many bumps on on the uh, on the road uh, to that conversion or rather that um, um, convergence. That's the word yeah. I was looking for. But that's why nobody wants to, to play this market. No one wants to do anything. Bruce, you say, okay, if that's the general message, and this is coming out from some very powerful voices, um, you're going to say, well, I'll just hold on. I've got my savings. Corporate, uh, you know, w- we saved a lot. We're not under the stress that we were in 2007 and eight. Yeah, we'll just bumble along and see what happens. Anyway, but, um, nonetheless, today, David, markets. Yeah. nonetheless, a, a, a solidish day. Resources doing mm. well. Uh, industrials mm. also. Uh, financials not so well, down one and a quarter percent as we speak. And uh, the all share in the top 40, both up, let's call it about a third of a percent. What we need to talk about now is football because I was. <laughs> we, no, we have yeah. to. You see, the thing is that I'm getting a little bit pissed off with the UEFA and FIFA and other authorities, and also the TV companies and the clubs themselves, getting their pound of flesh, because they've only just finished the season, and you've got something called the UEFA Nations League, where all the top players uh, from Europe are playing in this European tournament. They've only just stopped the season. They need a bit of a break. They need to go on holiday with their their wives and children or partners and children, whatever it is. And they've been forced to play these games and travel all over Europe. England were in Hungary the other day, getting booed. Um, And they've only just finished the, the Premier League. And then what happens is that they're bringing the f- season forward in the UK. They start on August the 6th, I think it is. So that no yes. sooner have they got home from these international um, commitments, then they, they have to go into pre-season training and they have yeah. a series of friendlies and then they start yeah. again. And then after that, what have we got? November the yeah, no, mm. end of November, the World Cup in Qatar, the, 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 the cup in the desert with searing heat. I think it's wrong. I think it's too much football. I mean, me saying too much football, that's that's the first. Too much of it. It it, it is too much. And and no matter how fit these chaps are, Mm. uh, no matter, everybody needs a break because the pace of Premier League football now, or even international, is at such a level that I don't think you can cruise your way through it. You have to be fit. And you take knocks, and those knocks have to repair and I don't care whether you're 20 or 21, etc. It does take its toll, and and you can see it in the in the injuries uh, in in clubs with smaller squads. They just can't, you know, get through the season. So it is it is a worry, you know, that it just becomes a little too much, especially now in the heat. Now everybody does want to take it, and it was a hard season. Mm. You know, it was a hard season for. For every one of those uh, footballers, particularly in the Liverpool squad, in the Man City squad, they were playing 
I don't know how many games they played this season, but uh, in the sixties, I would have thought it must be sixties. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. It's too no, much. I, I, listen, uh-uh. and you can see the knocks they take. You know, you can see studs up and or studs sideways, and you can see the hammering they take, and uh, and so on. And then it costs teams. You know, you get chaps out for the for the season um, sideline. Anyway, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know whether you've been watching, but. Uh, I have been I, watching. I don't know how serious it is. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I have been watching, of course. <laughs> Come on, no. it's like I'm like it's like a moth to a flame when it comes to football and me. But anyway, yeah. I, I think that the the, the, the the authorities should sit down with the clubs and the individual countries' authorities and say, "Listen, UEFA Nations League, no, no, please, no, no more of this rubbish." Yeah. Anyway, David, anything else you'd like to add? Any reading over the weekend I before we go? I, 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 I'm trying to work out. I've got quite a few presentations to do. Mm. And uh, the difficulty is to try to get a coherent message that you can give to people, to investors. But um, to, to, to go through all of um, you know, what I read, it's, it, it, it's very difficult to come out and say, well, this is going to be a great message. No, it isn't. I think you've just got to keep people advised where we are. For me, the message now is just hold back, you know, just wait. There's no rush. There's no need to get into anything. You don't have to sell at these levels, but um, I'm very reluctant to, you know, to be dragged in until the talk slows down, until we find something that can give us a bit of, hope is not the word I want to use, but just a, a bit of confidence. Okay. Nonetheless. Okay, we'll we'll end the conversation on that uh, fine word, confidence. David Shapiro (laughs) is from (laughs) Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.